You are listening to episode four of the Copyright and Intellectual Property Podcast. I'm Jason Tucker, and I've settled over a billion dollars in copyright claims for the world's largest studios. Over the last 15 years as the expert pirate hunter, IP problem solver, and enforcer, I have helped shape copyright law, the processes, and the landscape that exists today. So how do you keep your IP organized, protect it from pirates, and make even more money off of your content? With real-life insight and stories from the trenches, this is the Copyright and Intellectual Property Podcast. You have all of this crazy technical knowledge. You know how to go find stuff. Tell us about... Well, I was... I was Okay. So I was fortunate in the very early days to be working with some pretty unique companies that were doing some unique stuff. Two of them are... Microsoft Corporation and Akamai Technologies. So this um, is like 2000-ish? Yeah. So at that time, Microsoft was one of the biggest companies on the planet. Like Windows 95? Yeah. Yeah. So they were one of the biggest companies on the planet. They were like the Borg in Star Trek. You either adapted or you died. They would just eat you up. They would duplicate what you did, use their marketing machine. It was I don't remember the exact amount of money they were making, but it was something like... $40 million a day. They had like $9 billion in their general checking account. I mean, it was, we're talking about a huge force to be reckoned with. At a, at a, you go, that's not a lot of money today. They were like one of the biggest companies. on The government didn't know how to break them up. They were actually trying to figure out and they realized they would just make them bigger if they did. Like that's how big they were. And they had a problem. Yeah. So the other one was Akamai Technologies. And, and, and so Akamai, Akamai is the reason why the internet came to you fast is the shortest way to explain it without getting really technical. Well, I can get easier. They would put information at the edge of the internet to make it readily available. So if you typed in at the time, Yahoo, the Yahoo logo was always going to come up. So they realized Danny Lewin, who passed away on September 11th, 2001, I'm going to now have an emotional moment. Um, Who's in the towers? Danny was on the first plane that went into the World Trade Center. Okay. We were going to dinner that night. Yeah, so... Uh, sorry about that. I, I still not okay with that. So they, they had, they deliver CNN. They had a big thumbprint. 98% at the time, 98% of all traffic on the internet passed through Akamai on some level. So I was consulting for both of those companies and at a very high level at the time I was, I was flown out to, um, uh, 100 technology square to MIT's or to, uh, which is on uh, MIT's campus, but it's Akamai's corporate headquarters. I was shown their network operations center. I got together with their team and they showed me how the world worked and what did they want, what they wanted to accomplish with a larger thumbprint than 98% of all traffic on the web. And separately on many other occasions over a long period of time, Microsoft through various corporations, including them directly, wanted to stay a force to be reckoned with. So using Microsoft as an example. All right. So that's, that's kind of where I got my feet wet. And so I was around at a very high level with the people that were helping literally build what is now the World Wide Web today. I mean, Tim Berners-Lee sits on the board. He's one of the founding members of Akamai, Sir Tim Berners-Lee. Al Gore did not invent the internet. These guys did. And, and so I got to hang out with the pirates of Silicon Valley and some very smart people on the East Coast and then some other people all over the world. And so as a result of that, as this has developed, the backbone is still the same as it is then as it is today, it's just grown up a little bit. So I was fortunate to see the thumbprint at a very early time. And so now I know how all of that stuff works. I'm not saying that you can't learn how it works. It's just that 
it becomes second nature. I know how this stuff's connected, so I know where to go. Tell them about how you were involved with rolling out. So, all right, so Microsoft. So Microsoft comes to me and they say, we want to make Windows Media Player the predominant player on the internet. And we want, at the time, there was Real uh, Player, there was QuickTime, and then there was this company that had about, I don't remember, it was like 12% of the marketplace called Divix in San Diego, California. So they said, we're not worried about Divix. We want to, well, let's just turn our camera on. Sorry, it's my knee-jerk reaction. Uh, so Microsoft wanted to be the predominant player. They wanted to knock everybody out. So they said, can you do anything about it? I said, absolutely. I put together a plan and we executed it. So what was the plan? Well, I decided that we were going to get every adult company that was pushing any amount of bandwidth to stop using Real Player, stop using QuickTime, and put it out on Windows Media Player. And I, I came up with a strategy on how to do that. And then we went and executed that. You go, porn? How could porn help grow the internet? Well, at the time, porn was more surfed than anything. And I would challenge anyone to say that it's not being surfed today, which is really kind of, you go, well, how could that be? And here's what I would say. We have this amazing technology to do amazing things. Let's flash forward to today. So it's 2019. There are still many cat sites on the web today. And also there are people that are now using these their phones to go swipe, swipe, swipe. And, and, and a lot of those are cat memes, right? So just realize that the thought process really hasn't changed as the internet develops. The way you consume content has changed, but the content you're consuming is the same. It's just in a different dress as it's being released to you and that people are utilizing it. So we got, so that's what I did. I mean, it, it started with, um, and I could go into detail on, on how we did it, but the, the end of the story is, is that by having porn put out on the web, uh, Windows Media Player became the predominant player on the internet. Real really doesn't exist anymore. Apple QuickTime was forced to do a deal with Real just to try and survive at that point. Flash was really a dangerous thing to play with. It wasn't until about, was it Flash 9 or Flash 10 came out? that uh, the Flash player really was a little more secure. I know of people who were using Flash to push really bad scumware and malware onto computers back in the day through holes. And then before there were laws around that, I may have been doing certain things like that. So I remember I've said it before, I played in the white land and I've played in the black land. And so now I walk the gray. Some background. So Jason started out as a child actor. Then he went into music licensing when he was in high school. Then he went into... Still music licensing and then... It was music licensing. Then I went into physical production. I was shooting and directing commercials while I was in college, doing live events. And then that ended up becoming more production and then back to film licensing. And then somewhere in there you got into technology? I was always a techie. I was always like, my first computer was a TI-99-4A. And then I had a Commodore 64 and I remember dial-ups. Listen, I remember recording some of the programs that I wrote in the very early days on a tape recorder where I pushed play record and then to make it work again, I had to push play. So then we met in the adult industry because I was selling credit card processing to adult webmasters and you were... I was contracted to run a very large adult website. biggest pain in the ass client I ever had. He negotiated the best deal ever and never processed a penny through me. So that was the beginning of our friendship. I thought you were beautiful and I shopped the deal to your competition. <laughs> you had that all worked out before you even knew what I looked like. This is true. And then, so then you went on and then you and your ex had the biggest or one of the biggest. I ran a porn studio. Yeah. I mean, plain and simple. Uh, I realized very early on 
that there was money to be made in the adult business. And as the internet matured, I needed to capitalize off of that. So very early on, I, I maintain, listen, I maintain great relationships with, with, with people in the business and, and uh, that I've known for a long time. And there's no bones about it. It's a phenomenal monetization piece with a lot of misconceptions. That industry has to be legal. So, so they do you are. It's cool. Talk about like, so that's the technical piece and why you understand licensing and why you understand the industry. Like that's, that's all, all the, the areas of, I've literally worked in every area that I could think of working. I mean, it was, I, I understand the technical aspects. I understand the monetization models because I've run pay sites myself. I know the ad piece. I know the, I know how all this stuff works and I've been on, on all sides of it. So yeah, there's not. And then you were taught licensing. to follow the money. Do you want to talk about that at all? Sure. Which is really the most important part in how you bring it all This together. is how you find people. And, and so you go, well, well, what does that mean? Follow the money. And, and, and it's probably more used today than it's ever been used. But I was fortunate to go through the, the FBI Citizens Academy, the DEA Citizens Academy, maintain great relationships in law enforcement, work with law enforcement agencies as a consultant, and conversely, work with them as they've developed some of their programs. But when you develop some of their programs with them, uh, you in turn learn about some of the things that they do to get a better understanding and teach better programs. And, none, and not like any of this is cloak and dagger stuff that I can't talk about. It's it's that that's how they work. And so by working with them, all it did was take all of the skills that I had of understanding how licenses work, understand how things travel, understand how distribution works to a whole new level of well, if you follow the money, the money always tells the story because that's the end result of all of those efforts when you put them together. So whether it's a, a legal operation or a questionable operation operating under the underbelly of the law or a flat out illegal criminal enterprise, money, whether that's through cryptocurrency or through a physical, you know, actual cash in whatever form you want it to be in. That's what the get is. So by working with them and practicing this time and time again, we've learned how to do that. So if you're trying to figure something out, this is this is the kicker on this one. If you're trying to figure out how all this stuff works, you don't need to understand how all this stuff works. You just need to go to their buy button. Take a look at their buy button. Here's your walk away. Take a look at their buy button and figure out who their payment processor is because that's really your point A. Your payment processor is going to, if their payment processor is overseas or if their payment processor is domestic, are they taking Visa, MasterCard? Are they taking American Express? Are they transacting through PayPal? Are they using Venmo? These are companies, PayPal's based in California. So you can, you, you can figure out who they are by starting there and then working backwards from there. Sometimes I will go, here's another one for you. If you, if you really can't figure out who their processor is, but you're curious to see, if a company name or anything pops up, go to your local um, pharmacy, grocery store, whatever, whether it's whatever it is, whether it's Kroger's or Vaughn's or Ralph's or Fry's or, or CVS or Walgreens and buy yourself a $50 prepaid card. That way you won't have to worry about your credit card information getting jammed up. And then go to that website with that $50 card and actually buy, go through a transaction sequence and buy what it is. Because on that credit card or gift card that you log into, you'll see a company name. And then you can copy and paste that what's called a merchant ID and MID, and it may be coded or whatever, but you can paste, copy and paste that into Google. And chances are you could just find out who it is from that. It's as simple as that, or it can be as simple as that. As slick as they are, as pirates want to be, 
that doesn't mean that they don't slip up. And those slip ups usually happen when you're following the money because the one place that they want to actually be as accurate as possible and not obfuscate is the path to their money so that they can get their money. Yeah. So I did want to say, like, we're just starting this podcast out and we aren't quite sure who our niche is. We know it's content creators. If you're just starting out and you're scared to put content out there because you're afraid it's going to get stolen. Like, don't be. Put don't. It, it will be stolen. Like, just that's put it just out. It's happen. fine. It's fine. It's not going to be. But put it out knowing that you've at least taken the step to register it. Like that would be the bigger message I would send to somebody. Right. Like, do that. Because it's not that expensive. It's an extra 35 to 85 bucks to do it. But if you're a larger, you're part of a company. You're part of, you've been doing this for a while. You know that your content's being stolen. You know this is a problem. I just want to talk a little bit about some of the the services that Jason offers. So this brand is Intellectual Property HQ. His corporation is Battleship Stance. And so we're not necessarily looking for a whole bunch of new clients. And maybe at the time of this recording might be different than the time you're listening to it. However, I do want to tell you, he's very skilled at being an expert witness. He's very skilled at putting together some of the stuff, doing the research and um, compiling what that well, the evidence that you would need, and then the yeah. other, the other piece and then of negotiating it, the deal. Yeah, it's and it's not necessarily in intellectual property. It's whatever because these skill sets translate into pretty much anything. But yes, we focus on intellectual property because that's where we eat and we love. But so, if you're in a situation where you know this is a problem for your corporation, you want to get in touch with us. Go back to the website intellectualpropertyhq.com. There's uh, ways to get a hold of Jason through that website and then let him know what you have going on. He loves to jump on the phone. He'll talk through what's going on, spend some time and put together a proposal for you if you're in that situation. If you're not quite in that situation and maybe you're a smaller corporation or you're, you know, one person putting stuff out there, follow us on Facebook, join the group. Let us help you through this process. We'll walk you through how to register your content. You can do it every 90 days. It's not something that you have to think about every single day, or it's something that you can take the content that we're putting together for you, the processes and procedures, and hand it over to a VA. You don't have to have an attorney to register copyrights. Yes, trademarks. Yes, patents, different animals. Copyrights, no. You can do this. It's very easy. And one thing that you get as a benefit of being part of our group, our tribe, is Jason talks to the copyright office. He helped them recreate, don't judge him for this because I think that their their platform is not very user-friendly, but him, he's helped them recreate what they have today. And he can help uh, you through that process. So we're putting together some videos, walking you through how to go about doing that. And we'd love to share it with you if you want that. Is there anything else that you wanted to share? No, we're good. <laughs> I'm having, this is, this is good stuff. I just want to help people. All right, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. Talk to you next time. Jason Tucker is not an attorney. All of the information shared on this free podcast is his opinion and not legal advice. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. See you next time.